Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. And welcome to the Friday Habit. I hope you're all doing fantastic. I got my buddy Ben here in the studio. What's up, Mark? The virtual studio. How's it going, man? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. And I'm excited. Today we have a guest with us, our buddy David Hepburn. What's going on, David? Hey. All the way from San Diego, California. We're covering all the coasts with this virtual studio. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So good. Yeah. And David is the founder of Hepburn Creative, um, video and marketing um, studio out there in San Diego. And we met, actually, we all uh, got to hang out in uh, Nashville at the Story Brand Certification back in April of last year. Yep. Yeah. 2019 cohort, April cohort. That's right. David and I have been talking here and there. And uh he actually had this really well done uh, video series um, about how to improve your video calls. And I was super impressed with it. Um, and actually, it's honestly a really great example of how to do a, a video sales funnel and like a nurture kind of campaign. Or actually, it's more of a sales campaign, I guess. I don't know. David, how would you say it is? Is it more of a... It's a nurture campaign. It not no, At no point really in it do we try and sell what we do as a company. For us, it's really about how do we provide a ton of value to people that are... In, in this particular video series, it's, it's designed to help people navigate a whole new world that they might be finding themselves in of tons of new video meetings, whether that's on Zoom or any of the other, you know, Microsoft Teams, Google Meet, all the different areas that, are, you know, different companies are using different s- platforms. And we wanted to create a video series that said, hey, no matter what you're using, here are some things that you can be doing every time you're on a video call that are going to make the video call better, not just for you and for the people on your call, but to really reclaim some of the authority that you have on your call that you might be losing without even knowing it, just based on some of the you know different things you do with your setup. Well, yeah, it's interesting to me. I, I've always thought how you know, sometimes you get on a call and someone maybe has their laptop like on a lower table looking up their nose um, or <laughs> exactly. they have like a super bright window yep. that's behind them. And so yep. the, the webcam's like compensating by making it black where they are. And it's like, as a video professional, it's just common sense stuff for me. And I think like, how could they not know that? But then you, you realize that, well, most people don't know these simple things right. when it comes to you know setting up their their video calls, uh, and and I know you know Ben's a huge proponent of, of video. He does a lot of of um, video calls and engagement, um, and so I think this will be great for all of our listeners who maybe want to learn a little bit more about yeah. techniques and tips. Um, and then once again, like you said, when you present yourself in a high quality way, it just instantly gives you a little bit more credibility. 
Absolutely. And the really great thing about it is you don't need a ton of new equipment. Can you buy a bunch of new stuff and new gear and new cameras and new microphones? Absolutely. And I think to a certain extent, depending on how long we're all finding ourselves in the world of video calls and virtual meetings, that you may want to do that at some point. And that's okay. But the good news is, if you're feeling intimidated by that idea of, oh gosh, I have to spend a bunch of money to look better, you really don't. There's some things you can be doing right now with the laptop or the phone or the device that you're already using to make yourself look better on camera without spending extra money to do that. Yeah, totally. I love that. And um, I actually took the advice that you had in some of these videos There's a few things in here that I, I wasn't doing nice. um, that I am now. So um, and if anybody wants to check out the actual uh, series, if you go to HepburnCreative.com, I believe it's at the bottom of the homepage, if I remember right. Yep. you can. There's a link right at the top that you can click on that'll take you to oh, it. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. I highly recommend, even if you're just curious about how a good video nurture campaign's done, go sign up for that. And then also just if you want to get kind of the notes for this episode, We'll have the the notes in the show notes as usual, but also if you just want to kind of see David walk through step by step and show you, um, I would totally sign up for that um, as well. So cool. Um, yeah, David, would you mind kind of walking us through step by step? Yeah, like some of your recommendations. Yeah, absolutely. So the very first thing that you can do that's going to completely transform the video calls that you're having is to change your camera angle. That's Literally, of the five things that we recommend in these videos, changing your camera angle and the perspective that you're viewed at is going to transform the way the people that are on your video calls see you, both literally, like with their eyes, but also in the way that you're perceived as a, as a person. And so the reality is, like Mark said at the beginning of this podcast, a lot of people do, you may find yourself sitting with your laptop on a table, or maybe you have, you know, a desktop computer that's got a built-in webcam that's, you know, a lot higher up from where, and you sit kind of low. So in both of those situations, your camera is either really high or too low. And so people on your video call are either looking up your nose or they're looking down on you like it's a security camera shot in Ocean's Eleven or something, you know. And so having the ability to to change your perspective, what you want to have is your camera should be just about above or below your eye line not too, not drastically below or drastically above. And the reason for that is actually really interesting. And it kind of harkens back to narrative cinema, where if you're watching a movie and you see a scene where the filmmakers are trying to make the characters seem really powerful, they mm-hmm. shoot from a really, really low angle. And so it's kind of that hero shot. Now, that doesn't necessarily translate to a webcam where it's just a little bit lower on a desk, right? You don't look quite so intimidating because it's not. The <laughs> you don't same look way. as epic as Tom right. Cruise or right. Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> right now, unless and, you know, unless you've got you know a, a, an action filmmaker, you know, making your setting your webcam shots for you and cueing the smoke and fog in the background, you want to have that positioned. And the opposite effect also is true, where if the camera's too high and it's looking down on you. It's as if your viewers are looking down on you. And and again, that I mean that in both the physical sense of literally looking down on you, but also in it makes you feel smaller on camera. And so just by changing that perspective, what I like to do and what I recommend for the people that we work with is whether you're setting a camera shot for 
either an interview you're actually doing, or if it's a video call, you want to have your camera position just slightly below your eye line. And what that allows to do is it ha- you still have just a tiny bit of looking up at you. So again, it's positioning you as an, as an authority in whatever you're having your video call about. And it allows the people that are on your call to see you in a more natural way. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, and you don't really go into in your series about like how far away the camera is from you. Hmm. But one thing I've also noticed is some people have their camera mounted on a TV in their conference room. And when they're really far away like that, it kind of feels like a little bit harder to get to know them. You're not kind of in that same personal space. Um, And I was actually listening to a podcast by Mike Michalowicz. I don't remember the episode at this moment, but he was interviewing someone who was talking about how being in someone's personal space helps develop a relationship. So having like the video a little closer to you makes you feel like you're in the same room with them and sitting across the table from them versus like if they're really far away and framed in, you know, like a wide shot versus like more of a close up. It kind of has a little bit different feel to it. Yeah, absolutely. And you see that play out even in a more like corporate professional setting of, uh, long-term video conferencing installations. And that's something that they're having to tackle too. One of our clients is is a video conferencing provider and they have done a lot of work to partner with companies that make cameras that in their case, it automates like starting on a wide shot and then it zooms in depending on who's talking. And so there's a lot of value in that because we do pick up a lot of visual cues from each other and from our body language. And so if you position yourself in the shot so that you can see more, not see more of you necessarily, but just to see, to have, have it be more like a meeting you're having face to face, you don't have I mean, maybe we would today if we were to have an in-person meeting, you know, we'd have to be at least six feet apart and maybe on opposite ends of the conference (laughs) table. But in your mind, think through how would this be in a real meeting? I would want to be in like, you know, you're sitting across a coffee table at a coffee shop from someone in your meeting or at a conference table. You're not that much further apart. And so you're absolutely right, Ben. Having the distance that you are from the camera allows you and the people that are on your call to perceive more of your those nonverbal cues that I think are really important. And, you, you know, those are things you lose on a phone call. And so, you know, as you do video meetings, those are some really important things to think about. Mm, that's, that's really awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, so step one, improve your perspective. That's right. That's right. <laughs> step two, So step two in our video series is all about room lighting. And again, are there lights you can buy to improve your video setup? Of course. But one of the biggest things that you can do to improve right away is as you are choosing where you sit to have your video calls is to not sit with a big window behind you during the day. Because what that's doing is your your camera that's built into your device is because it's set up to be an auto everything it's trying to make sense of the brightness levels that it's seeing. And so since the window that you're sitting in front of is the largest light source, it's compensating for that. And so often what will happen is it'll dim the camera shot so that it can see what's out the window, but then that makes you too dark. Or, and and, and what can even happen, and it even happened on a video call I was having this morning, is it would kind of oscillate back and forth. It'll, you know, as you move in your shot, it'll, it'll be like, Oh, there's, there's, there's a 
there's something else in the shot, I should compensate for that. And then the shot gets too bright and too dim and back and forth. And so the easiest way to overcome that is to just literally flip how you're sitting and put that window in front of you because then you're really well lit and the camera knows to compensate for you. And so what you can also do in that in that same regard, you know, because we all have very odd hours now. I don't know about anybody else listening to this or about with you guys. I know for me, I'm the hours that I'm working are kind of all over the place on some days now. And so you can't always count on daylight to be your light source. And so what I also recommend is as you're choosing the lighting for your office, you want to make sure that the lighting temperature of those light bulbs you're buying are consistent. And so if you're using lights during the day and you have a window and some room lighting, you're going to want light bulbs that have a daylight color temperature. Like if you go to the your local uh, home improvement store, you've got different color temperatures of light bulbs. And it uses a scale, a color scale called Kelvin, which we don't have to get into the technical to understand it. The beauty is at the hardware store or online, you can find bulbs that are either daylight or warm light bulbs. As long as you're consistent in your light source, you're going to look good on camera. But where it starts to get really kind of icky at times is when you're combining light sources where either, you know, you've got some warm lights from a lamp in your home also with the exterior light from a window. And so that's where you start to get some of that weird, like, I don't know if you've ever been out for a walk. I know in my neighborhood, there's at least a couple of people that live down the street from me that have daylight bulbs that they've put on their, on the exterior lamps of their, of their home. And you walk by and it looks, it feels weird. It's really cool. And it's because those are designed to look right in the daytime, which you're not using. So that that's where you want, it doesn't really matter whether you go daylight or warm light, but you want it to be consistent. And so warm light can be better to use at night uh, just because those are typically what the other bulbs in your home are. Uh, but then during the day, if you are if you need a little bit of extra light to augment against a window, like maybe you have a window that's kind of small, you want to get daylight bulbs to go with that. And the good news is those are cheap. You don't need video quality light bulbs or anything like that. Does it help? Again, sure. But you can, I mean, I think on Amazon, you can get daylight bulbs for like $11. <laughs> so it's, it's super, it's super affordable. Yeah. yeah. All right. So once we've improved our lighting, then what? I think the next step after lighting is, and I don't know that these are necessarily in order of importance, but another huge key is audio because we as, as human beings are really forgiving of bad lighting if the audio is good. But audio is one of those things that if it's bad, it disrupts everything. And we see that in video calls, like when someone's internet connection isn't great and they start to stutter, like our brain instantly can't keep track. Like we have a really hard time understanding what's being said when the audio gets interrupted. Oh, that's the worst, especially when someone's like maybe making the conference call from the car and the windows are down or something. And it's just like so loud. And right. You're like straining to kind of understand what yep. they're saying. It's like, or your next door neighbor is running the lawnmower while you're trying to have a video call. And it's like, <laughs> come on. So one of the things that I, I recommend to people as they're doing their, their video calls, as it relates to audio is the, microphone that's built into your device, again, whether that's your laptop or your cell phone, it's designed to be the best microphone for the most broad array of situations. And so that means it's not 
specifically designed for video calls. And so it's going to automatically try again, kind of like your auto exposure of your camera, try to be flexible in terms of like, oh, I hear a louder audio source, you know, if that's a dog barking or kids playing or something like that, or a siren goes by, it's going to change to pick up that because again, it's not smart enough to know, oh, we're wanting to isolate that away to only have our voice. And so one of the easiest ways to get by that issue is to get either a set of really it's at its core, it's to move the mic closer to your mouth. And so whether that's the set of headphones that came with, you know, your device, whether, you know, if it's a phone or which, I mean, today, that's more and more rare. But, you know, I think we all have some sort of set of headphones in a drawer somewhere that we could pull out and use. And so I like to use on my video calls, I have a wireless set of earbuds that just allow me to be hands free. And so I don't have I'm not like chained to my computer or my cell phone while I'm having a video call. But it also just again, coming back to your authority on camera, it allows people to perceive you better. And it's not like, oh, there's big cables dangling off of you. They're just, you know, small earbuds. So again, you don't need that. It's as easy as picking up a set of headphones that you have in a drawer. Uh, but uh, making that change to bring the mic closer to you is super helpful. Yeah. And I'm sure too, if your environment, if you're thoughtful, as far as, you know, you went somewhere where they had less reverb, you know, say you're in like a den or something that's very yeah. reverberal opposed to maybe like a family room or something that has couches and carpets and all these things that maybe deaden the sound. Yep, absolutely. And that's one of the biggest things. Like I've seen a lot of people taking their calls in the dining room or the kitchen. Those are rooms in the house that oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes tend to be, have a lot more hard surfaces. Like if you think about your kitchen, you've got a counter top, you've got cabinets, and those are all hard reflective surfaces for sound to bounce off of. Whereas like you said, Mark, if you're taking a call in a living room, which oftentimes, even if it's, you know, hardwood flooring or some sort of tile, you have a carpet down or there's more furniture in the room, like a couch that is able to absorb some of that sound. So that's absolutely right. Being intentional about where you take those calls as well. So we've improved our our perspective. We've improved our lighting and audio. Now what? The next step, I think, is to be mindful of the background that's in your shot. And this kind of piggybacks right off of what we were talking about, where you're choosing to have your call. You want to be thinking about what is going on behind you because, A, people's attention spans are very short right? It's very easy for us to get distracted. And so you don't want to necessarily have a ton of distracting stuff behind you. It's better to go simple. So in my case, I have, I'm doing my video calls most of the time against just a back office wall without a bunch of stuff behind me. And I find it's, it's helpful when it comes to like distraction and, and again, focusing on you and having that authority. Another thing that's super important again, as it relates to the automated settings of your camera in your device, is other motion that's happening behind you. One of the real big offenders of this is a ceiling fan. And again, this happens because people are setting their laptop on a table and it's pointed up. You get that ceiling fan kind of up above like a halo behind you. And the problem with that is your computer is trying to optimize for the motion in the field of view of your camera so that it can optimize the connection, the data connection that it has to the cloud where all of this is networking together with the other people on your video call. And so if you've got a lot of motion, the connection has to 
adjust for that. And so the, the quality starts to drop. Whereas if it's just you and just really your face and your mouth talking, it's able to optimize and provide a clearer picture in most cases over that internet connection, whether that's like over LTE on a phone or your home Wi-Fi, or if you're connected to a, you know, a hardwired office setup, that can be the case as well. But in all those cases, it's trying to optimize the connection quality. And so minimizing the motion behind you, like from a ceiling fan is going to help have a better, higher quality video picture as you're doing that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I was also going to mention it's similar to what you said with the window being behind you in your background. Like if I set my laptop and I have a whiteboard behind me, then I get super underexposed because it compensates to try to expose the white behind me really well. So I become super dark. And then, you know, so basically I usually try to put a little bit darker background behind me. So it makes it a little bit easier for the camera to find the right balance. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's not to say that you can't have a whiteboard behind you because you absolutely can. You just have to think about, okay, if my computer or my device is, is trying to compensate for what the brightest is, then I also need to be bright. And so you need to bring in either a lamp or, you know, you can go as far as buying, you know, dedicated ring lights or video lights. But again, you don't have to do that. You could even bring in a simple desk lamp and improve that ability. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So we, we've improved our background. Now, now what is our final tip? The fifth and final tip for improving your video for conference calls. The fifth tip is, I think, the one that gets into the most weeds in terms of what what its topic is about, and that is uh, what to wear on camera. And so we we actually bring our advice into video calls from what we recommend for people that we're interviewing in our corporate and nonprofit video work that we do. And w- the the core of what to wear on camera is you want to avoid stripes and tight patterns because again, it comes down to the the sensor and the way the camera interprets what you're wearing. Those types of patterns, our eyes are so much better at interpreting those types of patterns than a camera is. It really is amazing to see how just you have those like you, you remember those like magic eye hidden image pictures yeah. where you had to let your your eyes go out of focus <laughs> yeah. that's what yeah. can happen on your shirt or you know like I don't know if you've ever seen when there's people that like I just saw recently the queen got interviewed and she was wearing a green shirt. And so just like how you're able to like magically put in a zoom background, people were able to like Photoshop a t-shirt of cats onto the queen or, you know, (laughs) so it's all those things that you need to like factor in as you're considering what to wear. You want to keep it simple. You want like in our most experiences, it's solid colors look great. And just avoiding those stripes and tight patterns go a long way to just help you look better on camera because you may not even realize it's happening. But someone can someone seeing those kind of optical illusiony effects on their end. Yeah, I've seen uh, I had a call recently, where someone was wearing stripes and it almost looked like a disco show was happening. Like it almost looked like a light was turning on and off of his shirt because it was just like these black and white stripes. And so like as he moved, like the camera made it look like it was like change, like turning on and off. It was weird. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) it. That's exactly it. That's what's happening. So the other aspect to in terms of what you're wearing is also like I know a lot of people like to wear bracelets and sometimes, you know, depending on 
when you're listening to this, sometimes it may or may not be in fashion, but I, I've seen a lot lately um, wearing multiple bracelets on on your wrist. And so the problem is that you just kind of because you wear them all the time, your brain just masks out that sound. And so what you don't realize is on a call, that jangling that's either happening just by because you're gesturing or the bigger offender is when you like set your wrist down on your desk. It's mm. just really loud. And depending on where your mic is, that's going to come in a lot louder than your voice may in that situation. Man, this has been pure gold. So we got a perspective change. We got room lighting. We got audio, background, camera. I think the biggest takeaway from all of these things, if you're going to implement, if you're just going to, I mean, it's the great thing is it's really easy to implement all of these. Again, you don't have to buy anything new. You don't have to change a device that you're already using. These tips are really easy to implement. And the good news is once you do, you're going to have that you're going to be perceived better on camera. Your authority is going to be restored in a way that you didn't even realize you were losing it. And so I think the biggest next step is just that camera perspective shift. Even if you Mm. didn't do any of the other things, changing that perspective is going to go a long way in how you're perceived in your video calls. So that answers the question that Ben was going to ask. <laughs> That's so awesome. Like it's exactly what what we need is we need one practical step. And the cool thing about all your tips is actually all of your tips. Honestly, I would say you can do all of these this week because they're not that hard. But I think right. that's awesome. Like if there's one thing that you want to do this week, it would be changing your perspective. And that totally makes sense. That's actually the first thing I did because I use my laptop a lot, you know, when I'm doing video calls. So I actually kind of just Jimmy rigged a, a stack of books here. And uh, I've been doing that for meetings until I find like a, a you know, a sleekly designed Mac, like cool yep. looking, you know, wood stand that cost me too much money. <laughs> exactly. uh, for now, I have a stack of books and it's working awesome. And it's really, I feel like it just, it feels a little bit more like I'm having a one-on-one conversation where we're equals and a little less like I'm, you know, looking down at them or something. So that's an awesome tip. Yeah. Awesome. Well, David, I, man, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this stuff with us. Of course. What would you say, you know, if, if people want to learn more about you or your company, Hepburn Creative, uh, what would you recommend uh, to them as far as following you? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're interested in learning more about us and what we do, you can go to HepburnCreative.com, which is our website. You can also follow us on Instagram at HepburnCreative, and that's H-E-P-B-U-R-N, like the actresses, Audrey and Catherine. And uh, it's just a really great way to see what we're doing behind the scenes and what we're up to. Awesome. Thanks so much. Um, yeah. And all you all listening out there, uh, just go to the Friday If you want to see the show notes for this episode, you can also find links to Mark's website and my website and ways to get in touch with us. And then at the very bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday habit system that will show you how to set aside one full day every week. that will help you be dedicated to working on your business instead of just in your business. That's right. And once again, thank you for being a part of our show this Friday. And don't forget, until next time, live every day like it's Friday. Friday.